Welcome to a Life of Choice podcast, the podcast that helps you shift and broaden your perspective to get more out of life. I'm your host, Robin McCaig, so let's get started. Happy Mother's Day. I don't know about you, but there's definitely have been mixed feelings about the mothers in my life over the years. And at the beginning of life, my mother was bullied, abused, all of those things. So I really retreated into myself and really became as much as possible, just kind of blending into the background. Although there was a part of me that wanted to be the peacemaker. And when I was younger, really young, that wasn't possible. And then when the abuse happened to me, there was a part of me that was angry and resentful that she didn't protect me. And later on in life, I went through a whole process of how could she have not known? Did she or didn't she? Understanding that she also had mental illness, she was suicidal, she had been so abused herself that she was barely functioning. So how could she ever parent me? And so what happened for me, I became the parent in the relationship at a very young age. So the first time I remember her attempting suicide, I was four. So that's the first time I remember really feeling alone, even though my brother and I were together then. And I remember staying with a woman and just feeling totally afraid and really not understanding what was going on. And of course, at that age and in that era, there was never any consideration given to the children and what they might be going through. And so there was this gap. And that's what's so beautiful to see today. We have so many therapists. We have different types of therapy with children, play therapy, art therapy, all sorts of different things. And that's why I love teaching the children's course through the training and power work that I do, because the children get to learn that they can keep their energy for themselves, that they don't have to play out those, those dynamics. So for example, the child that wants to make the mom feel better can do many things. So often they will leak their energy to hopefully make the mom feel better. They can go into kind of the class clown kind of thing where they are wanting the mom to not feel bad. If they see their mom crying, for example, they may attempt to cheer them up rather than being okay with the mom just being in her feelings. Because often we teach children that what they feel is not accurate. We tell them, oh, you don't feel that way or stop crying or all these kinds of messages where we shut down that intuitive part of ourselves that understands what we're feeling. And then we question that. And then we're set up for this split in ourselves. And that's part of the reason I do the shadow work with people is because we have these split ego states that separate parts of ourselves and that part becomes shadow and then it's playing in our unconscious. So if we can start with children young 
And classes start from age four, and then we have different age groups up to 13 plus, usually going to about 18, 19, and then around that age, sometimes a bit younger, depending on the family and the child, they may be able to go into the adult class, the level one, a bit earlier than 21 or kind of that older age group. So it really depends. And so they learn to keep their energy for themselves. They learn to have a dialogue. They learn a communication with the parent. And one of the things that's so great is that one of the parents have to attend the class. So they learn that language too. So they can say to each other when they're stressed, oh, use your tools. Or instead of leaking energy, I keep my energy for myself and then I send the healing energy to my mom from a place of strength and power. And that place of learning empowerment, learning to keep the energy coming in, learning to ground and shield and not take things on is just so empowering. And I've seen kids stand up to bullies because they understand that it's not right that they have the right to their energy and those other kids are playing out a dynamic where they're not feeling heard and seen and they understand it's not coming from a place of love. So it took me many years to work through those challenges with not having that parental mother figure in my life, that nurturing dynamic. And I had a lot of jealousy because we often lived with other families, just her and I, before my brother came back to live with us. And so here she was the caregiver for the children in the family. And I saw her taking care of them. And I was thinking in my mind, what about me? Like what's wrong with me? So it set me up for low self-esteem and not being able to talk about what I needed in relationships because I didn't matter from my point of view. If my own mother didn't love me and take care of me, who was I to request anything from anyone else, not even myself? And that played out in a bad marriage, in relationships, in having breast cancer, which is all about nurturing, if you read Louise Hay. And so that's what I had to learn, was to learn to nurture myself, what that meant, what that was, what support meant, and allowing it. I couldn't see that I wasn't even understanding what it was. And so it was a lot of depth work a lot of inner child, a lot of different things, energy work, the training and power system, definitely unlocking body memories was really important. And now that I can teach the ancient shamanism after the level one, that was really key for me was because the shamanic level really helps us to get in touch with our physical and it was through that level and some of the master warrior work that we also have a separate meditation work with that I was able to start to understand I didn't have to be angry at my body that if I hadn't had that connection to spirit that 
I would have died. I was in some very precarious situations, both as a child with my father, who almost killed me, to a date rape, to one of those scenarios was at a lake. I could easily have been gang raped. At that point, it was one person, but I could have been left there. You know, it was some pretty dicey situations, but as an early teen, I didn't know what I was worth. I only saw women as things for men. We were just objects. That's the way I was treated. That's the way all the females were treated that I saw in my family, in my uncles, aunts, all of the people that I had in my life. And I also would just shut down instead of dealing with conflict. So conflict was really a challenge for me. And that's one of the reasons that I ended up getting certification in conflict resolution, because I had no idea how to do that. All I would do with was withdraw. Even when I was connected with someone that I did want to go deeper with, as far as a relationship, I even remember as a teen just totally shutting up and not being able to say anything. And the other person just not understanding. And it was so difficult because there was a part of me inside that just wanted to scream, I need you, but I was too afraid and I didn't know how to voice anything. So I got into situations that just really were heartbreaking for me because I couldn't speak about it. And there was that saying, still waters run deep, but at some point you need to have communication a relationship is between two people, not one. So I had a lot of relationships where I left early before I got to that point of going into the deeper intimacy. And so there was a lot of learning and growth that happened over time. And my other mom, as I called her, was a blessing. And so my mom, after my dad was killed, decided to move again. And that was her way of dealing and coping with things was to do the geographical cure, as I called it. So she would up and move. And we had lived in a town for quite a few years. And that was the first time we hadn't moved in. Normally, it would be a year. So then we'd move again for a couple years, but often slightly different place. So I had finally started to get some roots, started to build some trust, started to have some friends and growth in my life. And here she was wanting to move again. And I was going into my last two years of high school. And I thought, I really do not want to move again. I don't want to go through this. And I could see in high school how it was harder and harder to get involved in new groups, how the cliques formed and the different groups. And 
I actually had a job. I was working with someone. We were doing some janitorial work. So I actually finally had some money for myself, which I hadn't had up to that point because we mainly lived on welfare after a certain time when we left living with other families. And so there was a part of me that also knew that the person she was moving in with was not safe. My spidey sense was up and that part of self-preservation, if you're familiar with the Enneagram, that's my main type and or instinct. And so there was that part of me that understood that this was not a safe situation. And so we talked to our welfare worker and they started to look around for places to live. And they showed me just really, really awful places. And it was not a big town, so there wasn't a lot of options. And I was very fortunate. I ended up moving in with my friend's family that I did the janitorial work with. And I felt really connected with his mom. And... It was really interesting because we could have the conversations and I started to feel safe. I really felt finally that I was accepted and I actually had a room of my own, which often I didn't. I grew up a lot of times would have to sleep with my mom or had the sofa when my brother came back to live with us. And so I never had that place of just having simple places of being able to create boundaries with my space. And so it was very freeing. And I started to get more involved and started to come out of my shell a bit. And they became my other family. And I'm just so grateful for that experience. And we kept in touch and I'm still in touch with the family. And she died just short of her 100th birthday a few years ago. So she had a long life and she was very talented and she did sewing for me and did costuming and artwork, some beautiful cards that she hand painted for me. So that helped me to tune back into that creative part of myself that I had kind of Put to the side. And in high school, I really did a lot of sketching and really enjoyed getting into the art area. And I had teachers that asked if I was going to go into that area. And I'd never thought of that as a possibility. I didn't go into it. There was a part of me that didn't see it as something that was feasible. Of course, there was the old stereotypes and archetypes of the starving artist and all the, these different things. Though at the time I was thinking of going into the film area, being the first camera female operator, there were none at that time. It was still a very misogynist way. And I ended up taking a couple courses when I came down to the coast and I was just disgusted. <laughs> I really was how the women were treated and the stereotypes and 
I never realized that that carried over, like those parts of me had split off to, to really be able to see it. And so I was able to see it. And of course, the other part of me that was the curious and psychologically oriented, being a head type in the Enneagram, was wanting to know why people did what they did. And so that ended up uh, streaming me into the psychology area, though a part of me really wanted to be in that creative film part. And I did a little bit of filmmaking things in my first year of college and really enjoyed that. Though we didn't have a lot of um, easy ways to do it then, it was mainly uh, either reel-to-reel for the video or the Super 8, and there were problems with the lighting and all sorts of different things. It was very challenging. And when I went to the next university, I did a course in that area as well, which was fun. And at the same time, again, that way of thinking was, I need to take care of myself, I need to make money, I haven't had any stability in my life, so I need something that is more stable. And that was was what was really important to me. And so with that support, it was really just even on a day-to-day basis, really shifted things. My other mom helped me get a summer job that helped me with university. And even though I ended up dropping out and having to finish my degree at night and over time, I still got that basis and I started to believe in myself and that was part of the growth. So for today, for Mother's Day, how can you really learn to nurture yourself, whether that is something you received from your mom or not? And what are those messages that you received from the parenting side from your mom, that that place when we think of it more cosmically, the yin part, that receptivity, that surrender, that, that love, that knowing that we are valuable to be able to put ourselves first. And that's why the universe has had me learn to teach the level one class of putting ourselves first. That is the main thing that we learn is to keep our energy for ourselves, learn to bring in the love and light, ground and shield and understand our dreams and connect with our spirit guides and all these beautiful tools in an active style of meditation to be able to uncover these unconscious patterns and messages by that shift in vibration. So I will leave you with that, wishing you a beautiful Mother's Day. And if you are interested in the children's or the adults courses, I have a couple coming up May 15th and the 23rd and other courses beyond there. So I will leave you with that for today. Lots of love and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed listening, 
please rate and recommend the show on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week.